Hello and welcome to Growing Pains. I'm Ange, I'm mum to two boys, Xavier and Marcel, and I'm joined again this week with my co-host and mum of one, Sam. We're continuing our conversation from last week's episode on unpopular parenting opinions with Jill Lim, uh, mum of one and DJ at Kiss 92 FM and a contributor at Honey Kids. So listen on and enjoy today's conversation. Unpopular parenting opinion. We have, it's okay to call out your kid's bad behavior. I'm all for this and it is unpopular because like on social media, if I take Insta stories, I try to watch my language, but not really some of the time. And, you know, simple things like I'll tell Lily, stop being such a brat. Oh, look at her. She's being such a brat today. Or I'll go, naughty, that's so naughty. And I get floods of DM saying, you know, you can't call her a brat, you can't call her naughty. Um, because, yeah, like, you know, they may not understand the words, but they know the tone. I'm like, well, that's fine. I understand their point of view, but I also do it to show mothers that, you know, your kid's not, not everyone's kid's nice. Mm-hmm. Your kid's not the nicest all the time. And if you look at all the influenza moms out there, it's always oh, my child is magical, my child is so beautiful, or I can't get enough of you. But, you know, they have bad days. And when you have bad days, yes, they are challenging. But more often than not, they're just being... So I don't know if I can say that. You can. (laughs) And I'm Eurasian, and, you know, we call our kids all the time. Like, being a little... But, of course, you say it in in an affectionate way. You know, you love your kids. You got to preface this again, I love my child. But, um... (laughs) I think you need to, yeah, I think it's important as much as you praise your child. Oh, you're so smart. You're so clever. You're so kind. That was great. They need to know that, okay, you're naughty. That's really naughty. That was a horrible thing that you did. Not cushion them. And then when they know that, they know how ugly that is. They don't want to be like that. You know, Mm -hmm. they remember that. Oh, that's bad feeling. Oh, your behavior was ugly today. I remember my mom told, like, you see, till now, 31 years later, I remember we were at the playground and she went, your behavior today was just so ugly. <laughs> oh, that one really, really hurt. So sometimes, yeah, you don't use harsh words. Some You do use harsh words, harsh words sometimes just to stop that. I think it's called tough love. Mm-hmm. I, my mom my mom did that on me, so. Right. Calling out in public, bit of spanking here and there. So the next opinion is, it's okay to hire a helper to take care of your kids. And I'm when we say this, we kind of mean to probably pay, play more of a role mm-hmm. in raising your kids because, of course, you know, a lot of families in Singapore have a helper that helps with the kind of household duties, but more around the kind of being very involved in looking after your children. So when we finally decided to get a helper I was against it I was like I can handle this I can do it I don't understand why we need to waste the money and get a helper um I made it very clear just help me out with the house and cook that's it I'll take care of baby and then she slowly sucked me out of it she's like no no no, it's okay you know why don't you sleep because back then uh, Lily was teething so she was waking up throughout the night and I told her, I'll handle all the nights because you need to rest. You need to get everything done in the day. So I will handle the nights. You just get everything done in the day. Because I don't want you to say, oh, I was up last night. And I was too tired to do this. Nah. And then she's like, why don't, since you've been up all night, I'll wake up and I'll take care of baby. 
Because back then she would wake up at about 7 and go down for a nap at 8.30. So she's like, let me just do the first hour. Then you wake up at 8.30. Then you do the second one. And I thought was too good to resist. So, okay, fine. You do the first one. And my baby woke up every morning not seeing me, but seeing my helper. And slowly that creeped into after after a whole day of work. It's like, do you just want to put her to bed for me? And she'll put her to bed for me. And I think all that is fine because that's why you have a helper. But I know like one of my friends, she is a woman that does everything. She's got three jobs, runs a restaurant. She's a property agent. She's doing all of this. So she's a weekend mom. And all of her friends give her a flag for that. Like, you know, are you sure you want to do this? And now you want more children, but all you do is work. You're not making time for your kid. You're only a weekend mom. And she's like, don't worry about my life. When when I have time on the weekends, we make great memories. I'm It's enough time for my kid. I know what my kid needs. It's enough time for him. And hopefully when he grows up, he sees that, you know what? Women can do all of this. You were not neglected. I will still be there for you when I can. So I think in her case, her helper definitely plays, plays the more prominent mom role. She's the weekend mom and she's proud of it. So mm. if it works for you, it works for you. Yeah, completely. If it works for you and your family and you've, you have someone in the house that you can trust mm-hmm. and that, you know, is in line with the way in which you want your children raised. I think it's, if anything, it's just an amazing opportunity for particularly women, right, for us to be able to pursue those, you know. Same um, thing. You never hear it with men. No. Especially if the woman, when women are, they are the predominant caretaker, right? You never hear someone say, why did you have a kid then? You're not even there for your kid. It's always the woman. So I think, you know what, 2021, let's just get with the times. Yeah. And I think quality over quantity is so exactly. true. Exactly. Like if, you know, if I'm with the boys and we're having a wonderful hour together and then they're going off to play with each other, mm-hmm. rather than me sitting there for four hours going, oh my gosh, I have to sit here and pretend to be interested in Lego <laughs> or in uh, Nintendo yeah. or whatever it is, I would much prefer to have one hour that's highly engaged, that's the, all of us laughing and having fun, like my husband and the kids, and then let them go off and do something else without me, mm-hmm. then try and kind of drag it out, you know? I mean, I think the whole helper thing is only applicable in Singapore and perhaps somewhere else in Southeast Asia. But, you know, my husband, he's British. And when we had the baby, he was very against it. He was like, no, I'm going to take care of the baby. I'm going to spend all my time with him. Well, look, now it's it's the helper spending the most time with him. Because we're so so busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just not going to work. You don't but. understand how tiring children are, especially when they drop the nap <laughs> and they're down to two naps a day. It's like, wow, that's a four-hour stretch from your last nap till bedtime, four or five hours. Like, what am I going to do with you? Mm. And, if you don't, and if you don't run after them, that they're going to bang their head and mm-hmm. do who knows what. So, mm. oh, next one. The in-laws should have keys to your house. So I don't live with my in-laws so, or they're not here, so I don't, I can't relate to this. But what do you think? So my parents live uh, right around the corner. It's a five-minute drive. And a lot of Singaporeans do that, right? Because you get a grant if you live closer to your parents. And you get so much help with your parents. And that's great. But regardless of how near you stay... Like, I've, I've got a friend whose in-laws stay, stays two, two floors above her. They still call whenever they want to drop by. They still make an effort like, Hey, are you home? I just need to drop something off. Or, hey, you know, can I go down and you know see the kids or whatever and i think as long as that happens that's great you don't need keys to the house you need a call if you want even if you have keys to the house you need a call 
to like schedule an appointment to show up at the house. Yeah, I think that would be that would be the way that it would work Mm -hmm. for sure for anyone is I I don't think I'd drop I think my mother if I even just dropped in on her and didn't tell her I was coming she's the type that would find that quite stressful like she wants to know you're coming she wants to have morning tea or afternoon tea out she wants to be dressed and ready to welcome her grandchildren you know so I'm your mom yeah that's exactly (laughs) how I feel like don't I don't like unexpected things I don't like a one hour notice like hey I'm I'm gonna be in your area soon I'll just drop by I'm like no don't just drop by no, I'm just dropping something off. Like, no, 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 I need to look beautiful. You need to see that my house is clean. You need to see I've got my life together. 100%. (laughs) But is it it the norm that Singaporean in-laws have keys to their, their kid's house? I think it's also a cultural thing. So depending on what race you are, it's just taken for granted that, hey, we are a close community. I have access to your kids all the time. I have... Oh my God, I sound like I have so many friends. Um, I have a friend whose mother-in-law... Uh, no, sorry, sister-in-law wants her kids to call her mom. So she's the mother and her husband's sister is like, okay, that's your mommy. You can call me ma. And she's like, no, 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 no. Boundaries. And they talk about how, oh, but in the family, you know, everyone is called that. Like everyone has their mom and I am ma to everyone else. Mm. And she's like, no, you can, you you can be auntie. There's no need to be ma. (laughs) And yeah, there was a big conflict because of that. And it's certain cultures that uh, they've got different terms for mother and they want to be called mother as well because we're a close-knit family. But I under- so I don't think you should do that. Um, I know what your thoughts will be on the next one, Jill. Uh, dads need to have a bigger role to play in babies' lives. Totally. I can't, I don't understand why we make excuses. And when, like, it was challenging the first the first time, especially if you're a first-time mom, and I would talk to my mom, like, you know, why doesn't he get it? He doesn't understand this. Like, he, he, he thinks he's helping, but he's not. And my mom's like, you know, dads just play a bigger role in the child's life later on. Right now, you got to, you know, unfortunately, you got to step up. But why? I don't get it. You're making excuses for them again. And, you know, my husband would be like, Oh, she's crying. I'm like, okay, feed her. Well, I fed her, but she doesn't want. Like, I don't know, check a diaper. And he's like, okay, but there's nothing. So what? I'm like, this is my first child too. I am as clueless as you are. I do not know what is happening. But I feel, I don't know, maybe it's an Asian thing. We accept it. We accept that, okay, dad will only step in later on. And usually dad will step in as a disciplinarian. Which if you think about it, our Asian mothers... No, my Asian mom definitely did the disciplining in the house. But I don't know. So that, yeah, definitely I hold my husband to a much higher standard and everyone's like, oh, you got to cut him some slack. I'm like, nah, man. No, it's a partnership and yeah. it's important for the... Um, it's not going to be 50-50. I've accepted it's going to be 70-30 most, most days. But if you can give me like a little bit more, like 35, that's great. I'll take that. And I don't think you should be like, I, I, I always tell him, like, I don't need, do you expect a statue to be built in your honor because you've taken care of your child? I don't get it. 
You're listening to the Honey Kids Podcast Growing Pains. I'm your host, Ange Neo. Did you know that over half a million mums and dads read Honey Kids every month? Amazing, but true. If you would like to know all the great things to do in Singapore, then you absolutely need to subscribe to our newsletter. It delivers the best of Singapore right into your inbox every week. Final unpopular parenting opinion, which is you can't have a mom's night out until the baby's at least a year old. Oh man, yeah, I got so much heat for this when, like, unpopular opinion, right? All babies are magical. Yeah, they are, but they're not magical all the time. So I would always say, oh, I can't wait till, you know, I can not get rid of her, but, you know, ship her off and I would always ask my parents like hey man look at your granddaughter look how beautiful do you do you just want her to stay over tonight how fun would it be you wake up the next morning and cuddle the baby and my dad's like no if she can sleep through the night she can stay but until she sleeps through the night nope we don't want her I'm like oh man so yeah I got that a lot and uh unfortunately a lot of women in my immediate circle feel that way as well because but granted most of them are breastfeeding so for them it's like well i can't drink alcohol anyway so what is the point of going out so i get that but you know i don't think it's something that you should be limited to like when you feel that you're down for it and go out so when your little girl was under one you were going out a little and you found that it wasn't approved of by your everyone yeah everyone like she's still too young she needs you i'm like she can't see me she doesn't know i'm there it's fine but is it like is it a common expectation in singapore um or i i, I suppose australia as well i think you definitely world? you definitely get judged like i could feel if you it. go out yeah 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 mm. yeah i think less so in Australia. I think for me, I remember vividly my first night out mm-hmm. after having Xavier. How, how was, long was that? So I think he was, I think he was 10 or 12 weeks old. Wow. Okay. Like, don't, I think. <laughs> it may, he may have been four months old. I wasn't sleeping. But I just remember I was so excited. I went out with my mother's group. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, we all met when our babies were kind of between two and six weeks old. And we'd meet every week. And then, you know, you fast become friends because yeah. you're going through the same you know, change in your life and upending of your life together. And I just remember I was so excited to go out. But, you know, I was breastfeeding, so there was a the whole, okay, and so, it, yeah. yeah, so he's got to take a bottle and I can only have two drinks if, you know, worse comes to worse. And mm-hmm. so it was this whole, but I just remember I was so excited because I felt like, you know, we definitely lose a part of ourselves as women when we become pregnant and then have the baby when they're little because our life has completely changed and being able to see your girlfriends and have a night out it was just uh, I was just so ecstatic to be doing that the next day of course I was absolutely exhausted because I've still had a baby that was waking up four or five times a night and you know even if you're not the one that's getting up and it's your husband, you Mm -hmm. still wake up. Like you cannot just sleep in the house with a crying baby. So two questions. When I, the first time I went out, I was still breastfeeding and my friend showed up late and I'm like, you don't understand. Like the engorgement is real. And oh, can't you just bring your pumps? I'm like, I'm going out for an hour and then I'll be pumping for an hour and then I'm tired. Then I got to go home because there's not enough milk at home. Like you don't understand that. But okay, my question to you, do you think mothers were more honest back in the day? Because you had mother groups. Do you think they like shared more freely? And now in this day and age, people just are trying to upkeep the, well, everything's great and magical. It's really interesting. I think think in person, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that it's still the same. 
But I think, yes, social media does, you know, it is a curated view at everyone's life. And some people are much more honest or happy or comfortable to share more of what's going on and others are not. But I will say when when I joined my mother's group and some of these girls, even though I've lived out of Australia for a long time, we're still friends, right? We still um, keep in contact. But I remember after the first two sessions of mother's group, we'd all go into a little room, we'd have our babies on a mat and we'd... Um, there was a child health nurse, so a nurse that would talk us through breastfeeding or settling or whatever the topic was. And all I remember was that Xavier was the one child that just screamed the whole time. So they had these white mats out. All the babies are sitting there. The mums are chatting. And I was in a corner holding this screaming baby going. And I remember after the second week, I said, these girls don't get me. I'm not going back. Oh, no. And I actually tried to change mother's groups. And they said, oh, no, you know, it wasn't possible. And then I went back and I think, you know, one of the other mums kind of had a breakdown about how hard everything was and everyone said, and I was like, oh, actually, just because my baby's been crying for this hour doesn't mean that they're all not suffering like me in some other way mm-hmm. or when they're not in this room. And we really bonded, you know, and yeah. it was, it really was a great moment for me to realise that you can't assume that everything is okay just because in that snapshot of a moment the baby's on the mat and smiling and the mums are chatting and I'm in the corner, that they're not having those moments. It's just not then, right? Oh, that's actually like very comforting to hear because that was the exact same thing. I see like all these moms on Instagram taking the kids on a bicycle, taking them to the park. I'm like, I can't do that because my child is crazy. She cries for hours and hours. I'm like, when is this nightmare going to be over? But yeah, you're right. So, And you also have to find your people. Mm. So because we all have such different views on parenting, we have children that have such different personalities. And when you have when you have kids, you you end up finding the people that are maybe not even just making the same parenting choices as you, but just the people that get you and that understand your perspective and the kids, you know, can play and get along and sometimes fight, but it's all okay. And you just find that group um, because not everyone is, you know, able to kind of parent together and be together and all have the same kind of osmosis that you're looking for you know unpopular opinion can you discipline someone else's child I think that it depends on your relationship with your friend Uh uh-huh and I think so yeah so I have I have on occasion had to say no to a friend's child that I'm looking after Mm -hmm. I think that in those instances I have only done it when I've been very comfortable that that's a friend that would do the same if they had my children. I think that if it is a friend that I don't know well, I would not, for sure. I would just leave it, leave it to them. And if, But if it's someone that's interested in my care, yeah. then absolutely I feel that that's a relationship where they're saying, well, you take you know, I trust you to look after my child, which also means that if they, you know, throw a truck at another toddler's <laughs> head, you're going to say, you Yo, know. don't do that. Mm-hmm. Sam, what if someone like I mean, disciplined your baby? Okay, I'm going to go with no. I'm not going to discipline someone's child. Um, doesn't matter how close I am with that person. Mm-hmm. If I'm super close with that girl, I'm going to tell her to go home and deal with this kid herself, but I'm not going to be involved. Just because I don't really know what the dynamic of the family is and what they're going to say behind my back. (laughs) And it's the same the other way around. I don't want. I mean. So if your child is misbehaving, come to you. Don't don't go to your kid. Yeah. If he if he does something Mm -hmm. at school or, you know, in the playground, if he if he's one of those bullies that steals people lunches and, you know, yeah. okay. 
terrible, but come to me. I'll deal with him, you know, my way. Um, But I don't know. Do do teachers here in Singapore, do people here discipline other people's jobs? Um, again, I think it's a cultural thing. So in my family, yeah, all kids get got. If you're misbehaving, you're going to get disciplined. Mm. Whether or not you're my child. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, at school, they're going to hold them accountable for sure. Like if there's an altercation in a in the school playground, mm-hmm. then absolutely, you, you know, if your child's the perpetrator, there'll be conversations like to try and find a resolution and for that person, that child to take accountability. Yeah. So for sure, like there are times where, you know, someone else is going to um, – hold your child accountable for their actions. I think it, it is like there is that really, it is quite sensitive though to, you know, reprimand another person's child. Mm-hmm. And I certainly, even if I was in a playground and it was something, you know, horrible happened to my child, I would never tell off a stranger's child. I would just take my boys away from the situation, right. you know. My mom's a primary school teacher. She has no problem disciplining other people's children strangers where in ikea having lunch of a, a noisy child is screaming she'll turn around and yell at them like you can't do that you can't do that anymore he goes why the parents are obviously undoing their job I'm like oh, just just leave it people have iphones <laughs> huh it's an interesting opinion mm. i'm glad you brought that up because we definitely have different opinions on that I don't know. Perhaps I'll change my mind when he when he grows when he grows up when he's about three to four years old. But at the moment, I can't even I can't imagine yelling at someone else's kid or having someone else yell. Hang on, hang on. I never said kid. I yell. Uh, it would uh. be more. <laughs> no, no. So it would be more. You know, if a child threw a truck at someone else, which happens very much with toddlers, yeah, right? Yeah. You would just say, "Okay, um, that's not something that we do to our friends." Um, please, you know, and you would say, would you like to say sorry or something like that? And then you would take the other child away from the situation. So I would never, I would never get angry or yell at anyone else's child. But I think you do, you know, if you see something like that and they're in your care and you're comfortable with your friend, you certainly don't want them to think, well, when I go to Angie's house, I can throw stuff at their yeah, at, at yep. Xavier's head, and Ange just sits there and lets it happen. You know, mm-hmm. like and kids at that age, it depends on their age. But if they're under five, you know, their memories they are so short. So if you don't call out something instantaneously when it happens, they're not going to have a memory later when they yeah. talk to their mum about, oh, do you remember when you? No, I don't remember <laughs> that. You know, so yeah, no. Okay, we've got three more questions for you, Jill. The first one is, what is your worst parenting moment that you can remember? When I dropped my, I did not drop her. Okay, so here's the story. She was she can't walk, so she was stand propping herself up on the coffee table. My neighbors were outside, so she was waving at them. When she put her hand back down on the coffee table, she missed it and then fell. I thought she died. The sound of her head making contact with the floor it was i'm not a, and i'm not a very over i don't overreact you know if the kid falls oh don't worry pick yourself up it's fine but i i did not want to touch her and she was screaming i'm like oh gosh okay, there's no blood there's no blood i think i can move her and i picked her up so that was the worst the guilt i mean like yeah i cried when she fell because i just felt so bad like what a horrible mother like how and i was sitting right in front of her i don't know how I did not catch her, but yeah, so that's the worst. 
Let's move on from the worst. <laughs> We've all been there. I mean, all of our children, I think at some point, have had massive eggs on their head from falling or, you know. But let's reverse that. So best parenting moment, Jill. Exact same time when she fell. Because in that moment, yeah, you feel so bad and you feel like the worst mother. How can you do this? How can you do that? And immediately I just handed her to my helper. I was like, okay, you take her. Like, call the police. I can't handle this child. She's not safe in my care anymore. But she kept reaching for me. So I was like, oh, oh man, you're crazy. But okay, I took I took her back. And then my helper went to get, you know, a bag of peas because we didn't have, like, we didn't have a gel pad or whatever. And she kept pushing my helper away. She didn't want, she really just wanted me. So I was holding her and, like, just humming to her. And she calmed down. And even after she calmed down, she just wanted, she just wanted to be held by me specifically. I'm like, okay, so you do trust me. Like, you know, the trust is not gone and she just kept looking at me and like, okay, maybe I'm making it up, but it really looked like she was telling me, hey, man, take it easy. Don't worry. I'm all right. I'm like, I love you so much. Yeah, so. They're, they're the moments in parenting where you go, it was all worth it. They yeah, do love me. Right? They do appreciate me. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it was the worst thing because it was the first time I saw her in so much pain and I was the cause of it. But it was also like, wow, so... Yeah, she does. She does trust me and love me, and it's it's great. It was a real great. I don't suggest dropping your child to find this out, but it was nice that it happened. And the last question is: What is the one thing that you wish you knew before you became a parent? Uh, yeah, the breastfeeding. I I really wish someone had given me a heads up more about breastfeeding and how it's not natural, as they say. It's like, oh, it's the most natural thing you could do, but. It really isn't. I had a horrible time with it and I documented all of it on, on Instagram and everyone would, would, you know, give me suggestions and half of these people are my friends. Why didn't you tell me this beforehand? Why didn't you let me know? And they would tell me things about their nipples and clogged duts and everything. I'm like, why? Where's all this? In oh, and, and hemorrhoids. I mean, I wish someone told me about hemorrhoids. Like, I did not know what was going on. I didn't know. I thought like, is it ever going to go away? Am I dying? And yeah, I put that in my work group because everyone was like, how's it going? And they caught me at a really bad time. I'm like, why did no one tell me about hemorrhoids? <laughs> and all of the female DJs were like, babe, you need to do this. Let me send you this. This is great. I'm like, so it happened to all of you and no one mentioned it. So, I, OK, that's more giving birth. It's not parenting, but I wish I wish I knew about it. Well, thank you for joining us today, Jill, to discuss a number of unpopular parenting opinions. And I think that, I mean, we could keep going, couldn't oh, we? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there will be many more as, you know. We should revisit this in a year when Sam and I, our kids are older. Like, Absolutely. We still feel I would same? love to hear from you both because I think, you know, <laughs> having a seven and an almost 10-year-old, there's so many more that start to come in mm -hmm. that are quite interesting that we could talk about next time, particularly around, like, the types of food, the TV shows, all those kinds of things that you think you're never going to let your kid watch or do or yeah. ingest and then suddenly it's a free-for-all. Thanks, Jill. Hey, thanks for having me, friends. That was great. Well, that takes us to the end of our conversation on unpopular parenting opinions. Big thank you to Jill for joining us in that very lively debate and discussion. Uh, but the conversation isn't over. You can join our Facebook group, Growing Pain Singapore, to continue the chat. And don't forget to follow us at Honey Kids Asia on Instagram for the latest kid-friendly happenings in Singapore. See you next time.